0: Immediately please to Matthew chapter 7, and Brother Bruce, uh, every time Bruce is here I like to use him in one way or another, and he has a gift of, uh, he has several gifts, but he has a gift of reading, and so Bruce, would you do me a favor, would you do us a favor please, and are the honor, and would you read for us please uh, Matthew 7, verses 24, four verses through verse 27, familiar verses, this last little, these last words of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached in Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Brother Bruce, would you please read those verses for us, please? Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man, which buildeth his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded. out. Sayings of mine, and do it them not, he shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I think all of us can hear in our minds, as veteran Christians or older Christians, uh, remember this song, one of the first Christian songs I ever heard, you know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. And the foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came tumbling down. And, uh, of course, that song, obviously, is given from these verses right here. And uh, we got a lot of material to cover tonight, so I'll try to get right to the point here. We're looking at uh, messages on regards to how to obtain the blessings of God in our life. And uh, just in a way of quick review, I put a few fill-in-the-blanks for you. So, for sake of time, we looked at... uh, one way to obtain the blessings of God, of course, is to be a peacemaker. And, of course, that's from Matthew chapter 5, as we're going to find out. The first verses I will touch on again here as we begin here in a couple minutes from now. But peacemakers only break relationships off if, as, as a last possible resort. Peacemakers are kind and forgiving. Peacemakers genuinely, do you remember this, number three? Love people, thank you. And number four, peacemakers are blessers. They bless uh, God, and god they're blessed by God, and they bless others. Peacemakers pray for their, their enemies. Then peacemakers speak, do anybody remember this one? Softly, and a uh, soft answer turneth away wrath. And then peacemakers return, refuse to return evil for evil. Peacemakers work extremely hard at peace. Number nine was peacemakers return good for evil. Number 10, peacemakers always do that which is good. And the last one we saw last Wednesday night was peacemakers are soul winners. All right, We're to bring men to Christ, of course. And so God blesses us when we uh, choose to live a life of peace. And we are princely people. We're We're the people of the Prince of Peace, of course. And so the Sermon on the Mount, you can turn back a page or two in your Bible, probably two pages in your Bible, as we glance at the first verses of Chapter Five, in the minutes that we have tonight, we don 't have long, but uh i 'd love to cover all three chapters we won 't be able to do that we'll just be able to just a brief survey of these three chapters known as the Sermon on the Mount, and uh of course given by Christ to his disciples, really an idyllic or uh just a what God desires. I believe there's a lot of uh if you read commentaries like I do and commentators uh getting ready for messages and so forth. It's one of my habits, of course. And and uh, when you come to the Sermon on the Mount, there's all kinds of opinions on what's what's meant by this. Well, we know well, the general consensus is that this is Christ's idyllic, still to come ideal of kingdom living or living before the fall and, uh, or in the someday after the fall, of course. And so the fill-in-blank word there in, in uh, the introduction comments there is... Uh, this is about kingdom living, what life is meant to be like. And, of course, we started off with the Beatitudes. We'll look at them last, uh, again, here in just a few moments here. But we looked at verse number 9. as our text verse from last week, that is. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And we saw that the word blessed means, is, means happy, content, fulfilled, peaceful. Are those people that follow these principles in life. And so uh you've heard this I'm sure many times that the 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 beatitudes ought to be our attitudes. But the word beatitude is short for beautiful attitudes. Praise looks good on you. Uh when we complain and gripe and moan and, and uh when we're pessimistic and belittling and so forth, we we it's the, nothing in there is beautiful, it's all discouraging, it's sad, it's frustrating, it's brings anger to other people and sadness and depression and all the rest. But when we're happy and praiseful and um, there's, and uh, it looks, as I've already said the phrase, praise looks good on you and uh, praise looks good on uh, that person that is filled with praise and gives strength, as Psalm says. So these beatitudes are beautiful attitudes and they ought to be our attitudes. There's a fill in the blank word, of course. That'll be our attitudes, and living out the principles expounded in the Sermon are paramount if we desire God's blessing in our lives. I'm reading from the worksheet, of course. Undoubtedly, incorporating the building materials found in the Sermon on the Mount will lead to God's blessings in your life and even in the lives around you. As a Christian, we are the the blessers. We, are, we should be, to everybody around us, the, the, the best people in that person's or those people's lives, at work, uh, with our family members. When we are being blessed of God and living a life that God can bless, we're a blessing to others. The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people who put their trust in him. And I believe that America. I, I saw. I get so mad. I, I talk to TV all the time. You know, m- many times when I'm watching documentaries. I was watching a documentary the other day on uh, World War II, and it, was, it just had a soundbite about uh, uh, how America was just that we were blessed with immeasurable uh, natural resources. And I, you know, I wanted. I said to myself, I, I the whole world is blessed with immeasurable natural resources. America. We just learned how to tap into those things, and we learned how to uh, put God first, and God has blessed us. And um, God blesses that people whose God is the Lord. And uh, the Bible's complete with has many verses that teach us this truth. And so, if we'll build our life properly, and, and with the right building materials, it's a formula for blessing in our lives. So this sermon in the mount is a formula for blessing. And so I want to look at some right sermon building blocks tonight here, and we just have time to just kind of just glance at or just gloss over just the, the deep truths that's found in these three chapters. Obviously, we could spend numbers of weeks of messages in these three chapters here. It said, as I was studying about this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus came to, uh, the, uh, uh, seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain, verse 1, and when he was set, his disciples came to him and uh, he opened his mouth and taught them saying, uh, it's believed that Jesus, of course, and we were there in just north and west of Capernaum and it's not, not a far distance. If downtown Capernaum was the, the mountainside over there, uh, the hillside that we we read these verses from when we were in Jerusalem was just half-mile away, not far at all, but on a mountainside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. I think somewhere in that place is where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount with his disciples. But one commentator I read, or actually a couple said that Jesus gave these words probably over and over and over again, in different places, but he certainly gave the Sermon on the Mount, obviously here, to his disciples. And he started off with the blessings, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and so we begin this sermon on the mountain begins with blessings and happiness and contentment and so here we go the right uh, in moving forward uh, throughout this sermon, if I could call it that and that 's what it was, we see some certain building blocks that need to be in our lives if we would expect God to bless our life and the first one let 's go to all the way to Matthew five and verse twenty. Two, and I didn't have handouts tonight here, so let somebody. would somebody read, lady, please read verse number 22 for us, please. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Rekha. All right, and so, thank you. Uh, first of all, let's write down the first b- right building block, and that is to work on right relationships. Right relationships, and a couple different subpoints in regards to how we work on relationships. Be on guard against, letter A, first of all, anger. Be on guard against anger. And this is a, we could spend the rest of the message just on this, dissecting this one verse, of course, and we're just going to soundbite it. But that word raka, It's Hebrew for to be empty, or it literally means, are you ready for this? It means shallow brains. You're calling somebody a, let me just be, to use our vernacular, you're calling somebody a blooming idiot is what you're doing. You're calling them, uh, you're calling them a name. Now, you say, well, people do that all the time. This was serious business here. In fact, the Bible says, don't. we're talking about being blessed by God tonight here for the fourth time. If you wanna be blessed by God, watch your anger. You've got to have anger management. You be on guard against anger. And then verses twenty three and twenty four, could we have somebody read that for us, please? Go ahead, Lisa. All right, now we talked, touched on this last week about peacemakers, but letter B, work at reconciliation. We need to work on our relationships. If it be at all possible, to peaceably with all men, the Bible says. We need to work on our relationships. Can I, can I meddle with our Wednesday night crowd here, you people that love God? Uh, we all have our unsaved relatives. We have people that we work with that are wicked. They're unsaved. They're lost. They don't want to have anything to do with Christ. Work on those relationships. I mean, work at trying to reconcile, and if, if at all possible, be as peaceful with them as you can possibly be. I know, hey, let me just be blunt. I understand, listen, sometimes I get I get ticked off. You know, I've, I've got to be careful who, I don't want to even allude to who I get ticked off with, but unsaved people in my life. It's like, I don't have anything to do with them. They're just disgusting. And, uh, you know, I'm righteous, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven, and you're just wicked, you're lost, and you're and uh, you want to be that way, and you don't want to have anything to do with God, and uh, if I'm not careful, I can get callous towards them real easy. Like, just stay away. Avoid them with all, all, all cost. I won't be mean to them, but I'm not going to be nice to them either. No, we have to work at our relationships. And going back to that anger there, I, have a, I wrote two pages down, or rather I copied two pages down of how serious this was. There's three degrees. I'll do it real fast. Back to verse 22, if you just look at the verse. There's three... Degrees of guilt. First of all, the guilt of getting angered, which is accompanied with a, the accompanied with the desire to, of, of fulfilling an injurious act or maybe c- completing it. Then there's contempt, so much so that you call them a dirty name, or uh, shallow brains. You call them a raka. You call them a uh, uh, you call them a, a very hateful name. And then third, the third uh, is to where you hate them to the point of uh, uh, of, uh, that you wish their damnation to be upon them. And the, there were penalties, there were three degrees of punishment for this. And the Bible says the first degree of punishment, if you hated your brother, that they had the council of 23, they had the council of the Sanhedrin of 72, but they had councils of 23. And if you were guilty of hate and anger for no good reason, you could be, the penalty could be as, as, as strong as punishment by strangling to death by the Jewish uh, council. The Sanhedrin, the second uh, uh, danger, it says the danger of the judgment, uh, uh, or danger of the council, pardon me, verse number 22, shall say raka, shall be in danger of the council. That's the Sanhedrin or the great council, which can inflict even the punishment of stoning upon you for, for, being, for letting your anger and wrath get out of control and calling somebody a name unjustified. And then the third one was in the valley of uh, uh, Tophet, in the valley of Hinnon. The, the, they would literally they would they would burn their children alive back in the Old Testament. Remember to their gods, and you could be guilty of being burned, burned to death for the Lord, alive or burned burned because of your sin. And so this is a major major. God said this is serious business, and so. Uh, we need to work in right relationships. God does not take lightly when we, uh, we stir the pot and we are angered with people and so forth. And then uh, back to Matthew 5, verse number 6 and verse number 8. Here, let's, uh, let's read 6 together, ready? We all have it right there in front of us, ready? Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. In verse number 8, let's read it together, ready? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so, uh, secondly, how do we build, are are we blessed of God and prospered by God? We have right behavior in regards to sexual purity. God talks about righteousness, talks about purity. Many verses in the New Testament deal with this subject, this subject of the battle with the flesh. And uh, this battle was over uh, uh, And a word that we hardly ever used from the pulpit. And I I, know it's a Wednesday night crowd, but even just the word sexual. Of course, uh, or sexual impurities and so forth. You want to be blessed by God? Don't live that type of life. Uh, 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 Repent and get right with God. Don't allow that to be part of your life. It'll destroy you. Uh, I hear all the time marriages wrecked. I hear all the time men, uh, men, and in many cases women, that their lives have been destroyed because of uh, sexual perversion, shall I say, or inappropriateness. And it's, it happens all the time, and pastors deal with this on a regular basis. At least I, I know every veteran pastor deals with this subject, and it hurts. It's uh, uh, we got to resist the pleasures of sin. Sin is pleasurable. Bible says for a season, and uh, you want to be blessed of God, don't go down that road. And much more could be said, of course. Then uh, number three, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter five, verse twenty-seven. Who has that for us, please? Somebody read that for us, please. Matthew five twenty-seven, you that by old time, And then verses 31 and 32 for sake of time. All right, so let's write down this. Uh, how how are, we, are we blessed with God? A right attitude regarding the sanctity of marriage. God ordained marriage in many verses that obviously teach us His truth, and and uh, God despises putting away. And I, I always know. I mean, even in our this good godly crowd tonight, I know many of many of you have personally gone through the divorce route, and I uh, and. Uh, They've had hard times, and we've all had people in our family members, and we all have broken relationships. I understand that, but God, nevertheless, has sanctified marriage. And uh, I'll just use one for example, and I don't want to lift them up as the model perfect family because they're probably not, but they're, they're certainly a godly family. I'm getting to know just a little bit. I talked to Mrs. Bennett this morning here, and uh, Mrs. Ray Bennett, and uh, uh, they obviously got a godly family. Lord's blessed them in a great way. I think it's because they tried to do a lot of things, a lot of these things right. They follow these principles, these kingdom living principles from Matthew five through seven, and uh, and so I think there's blessings to be had. I don't think there's, but I know there's blessings to be had. Well, so much more can be said here. We got several more, so let's move forward here. Matthew five thirty four, and uh, who would read that for us, please? Matthew five verse thirty four. And then verse 37, please. All right, now, again, we could dissect this and take more time, but letter A, uh, how are we blessed by God? By having not only right communication, number four, but letter A, honest speech. Let your yea be yea, your nay be nay. Don't swear, don't uh, and don't uh, just say, I swear by, put my hand in the Bible, I swear to God. Your yea ought to be yea, and your nay ought to be yea. And I know in the context it's talking about making oaths, but also the Bible speaks about, letter B, just write down, not corrupt communication. I don't like when people uh, uh, was, uh, again, I had to be elusive, I guess, but... Uh, uh, I, no, I won't say it. I'm not part me. I'm not going to say it's too too off color, but the language that people use, you know, there's certain foul language. And uh, pardon me, and your mind is already starting to conjure up well, what's you now. Now you probably know what I'm talking about. But certain very filthy language that people use regularly, and I've even heard Christians use some of these words, and thinking, "Well, it's just slang." Really, it doesn't. It's not becoming on you it sure doesn't it's not beautiful it doesn't make me want to uh run over and give you a gift of uh 100 dollars or whatever uh your your lifestyle your speech turns me off quite frankly and uh and it's not it's not becoming of a christian and people like uh we we want to have grace administer speech administers grace to the hearer then number uh let's go to Matthew chapter 6 i told you we're just a just a just touching the tips of these icebergs here, but another great uh, way to have the blessings of God. Matthew six 3, three to six. Would somebody read that for us, please? All all four verses. All right, no, I'm not going to. I shouldn't. I don't embarrass anybody in this room here. But we're all we all love each other. So there's several I could pick on, but let me pick on Janice over here, and let me pick on Janet over here. I don't need either Janice or Janet, and I could say this about a number of other people in this room too. I'd like to think almost everybody, but uh, nobody. I don't have to tell Janice or tell anybody to to anybody uh, or tell anybody that Janice is a godly person. People got that figured out by themselves by her quiet lifestyle that she lives. Same with Janet and so forth. And yes, I could say that about many people in this room here, I guess, as well. But my point is, that they don't have to blow their own horn. They never they never blow their own horn. They never do that because they just live a godly, quiet and godly life, and it's, it's seen, and it's attested to. I'm thinking of somebody who I will leave unnamed, and I spoke with them today, and they're always bloviating about how wonderful how, all the things that they've done. It's like, I want to say, come to church, you know. Come to church, prove it. You know. Uh, oh, pardon me. I don't think I went too far. You're thinking, who did he talk to today? I talked to a lot of people today, for the record. So don't don't go there, please. But uh, oh, I didn't get the, number five. Right, religious humility. Don't be hypocr- Don't be a hypocrite. Right, religious humility. We're going to run out of time, so let me just give you verses 6 through 9. Just glance at it of chapter number uh, 6. I'm I'm sorry, chapter. Yeah, that's right. Uh, No, let me try it again. Chapter 6, 9 through 13. There it is. What we call sometimes is known as the Lord's Prayer. Pray after this manner. And so when you dissect this prayer, the so called Lord's Prayer, as it's been named, submission to God's will in your life. Uh, Lord, Uh, We trust in you for everything. God blesses those that submit themselves to his will in their lives. Then a long passage, verses 19 through 33 of chapter 6. Just glance at verse 19, and then you remember the context of the rest of the verses. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And then we end with verse number thirty. Well, 34 actually, but 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The whole context there, number seven, uh, how are we blessed by God? Well, with contentment with your present material blessings and a desire to seek first his kingdom. Be thankful for what you have. Be thankful for how God's provided for you. And desire to seek his kingdom first. We were up, I have to do this very quickly, but we, we did our spiritual history tour on Monday and I did a 200-mile circuit all the way up to Northfield. Many of you have been there, you know what I'm talking about. But We went to Mount Hermon and the kids are in school there, still there in school. And we, were, we pulled in about, I don't know, whatever it was, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it was. And all the kids were out there playing sports and these kids, uh, you people have been there you know what I'm talking about. It's a private prep school, probably $60,000 a year to go there. And uh, these kids are just dripping with money. You can see it just, I mean, everything is just absolutely plush. And and, um, I saw some things, and and these kids just, I I don't want to say, I'd like to think there's some saved kids there maybe. I don't know, but I doubt it. And uh, they they have all that this world can offer. And then I'm thinking of the Bennett family again. When they pulled in here, they pulled in with an old uh, uh, 15-passenger van. And, uh, you know, and I think, you know, let's see here. The Bennett family kids or these kids that come from multi, I talked to one boy gave him a track uh, from uh, from Hong Kong and, uh, and obviously uh, I made the mistake of asking him how much it cost to go here and he said well I didn't really know and uh, he probably thought you riffraff you don't need to know You're, you, you know, and uh, but uh, I would take the riches of the Bennett family over the riches of all those kids up there that know not Christ as Savior it was so sad, as a matter of fact I'm, just tell you one more thing. It was so sad and pathetic. There was the great multimillion-dollar chapel that was built on Mount Hermon there, and there they had the gay flag flying from it. I right next to the water fountain that says that uh, I am the water of life. It's just so sad, so tragic uh, how they've gone downhill. But uh, anyhow, back to the story here. Let's finish up here. Verse number, number 8, rather. Matthew, 5, or Matthew 7, verses 1 to 5, that famous verse that even unsaved people know how to quote, judge not that you be not judged. The first five verses is, uh, talk about casting out the, the moat out of your own eye before you worry about your brother's eye, of course. And so be careful in judgment, how to be blessed of God. Be concerned with your own life first. Be careful with judgment, be concerned with your own life first. Let me summarize tonight here, and I know we've gone, just just touched the tips of some icebergs, if you will, or some mountaintops, I should say. If these principles be in you, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. A life lived in this way leads to happiness, peace, and a sense of fulfillment. I look back and I'll close with the same illustration, but just apply it to you. Uh, yeah, I got in my head some of these kids uh, up there in uh, Mount Hermon just for coming from multi-millionaire homes all around the world, mostly foreigners. And then I look at you guys and I say, Nobody, nobody's got the money that these kids have, that their parents have, but uh, you guys are far more richer. I'm far more richer in Christ Jesus than far more happier probably. And any of these folks that know not Christ as their Savior, or don't know the key to kingdom blessings, God wants us to live and be prospered, and, and uh, our leaf shall not wither, and our whatsoever we do shall prosper, Psalm chapter 1. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. <clears throat> Lord, uh, Matthew 5 through 7, there's never been a, any greater sermon ever preached than what we see in these verses. Teaches us so much on how to live just day by day. Lord, what your desire was for, Lord, uh, Eden before the fall. And Lord, uh, what things will be like in the kingdom time. But Lord, we look forward when there's no sin and no more temptation whatsoever. But until then, Lord, may we be found faithful and when we apply these principles to our lives so we may be a, be blessed, be, blessed uh, be a blessing to others as well. We'll thank you for it, Lord. Uh, make me a blessing, we pray tonight, and we ask this in jesus name amen let 's stand and let 's sing that song, make me a blessing out of the highways and byways of